0: Amen. So we're here at Resurrection Sunday, and uh, we had a communion service on Friday. Beautiful. My wife actually spoke and did an amazing job. By the way, she was amazing, and everyone's like, Oh, it's just so smoothie, and you're so sensitive. And I'm like, Yeah, awesome. I don't know what that makes me rough and ready. I don't know. But anyway, here we go. So uh, she did an amazing job. Uh, It was a beautiful time to come around and understand the the Passover and what Jesus did. Just beautiful. But today's Resurrection Sunday, and in 50 days, it's going to be Pentecost Sunday. I can't wait to get to that one, and we might get there early, but um, okay. But it's good. So we're going to go to Romans 6, verse 22 to 23 in the English Standard Version. It says, but now that you have been set free from sin, turn to your neighbor and say, I've been set free from sin. I'll tell the other neighbor and say it in faith. Turn to the other neighbor and say, I actually believe that. Come on, I've been set free from sin. You realize that, right? You know you, that the power of sin has been like dismantled, cut off. Three amens. The power of sin has been cut off. It has been read your Bible, read Romans. Come on. It says that the power of sin has been cut off, that we have been have a circumcision made without hands, which means the power of the flesh has been cut off our life. Does that mean that you can still sin? Yes. Does it mean that power, that, that you have no control over you, that you're just gonna keep on sinning and you have no say in the matter? No. Come on, you were set free from sin. You you are dead to sin and alive to Christ. Come on, we're going to start preaching the gospel that Jesus actually did what he said he did. Come on, the Bible says that who the Son sets free is free indeed. So are we free or are we not? The Bible says that if you're still continuing to be in, in the power of sin, you're not actually free. Jesus come to set us free, right? So, But now you have been set free from sin, you have become slaves of God. Amazing. Isn't that a beautiful, beautiful picture, that we have been set free from sin, now we've become a slave to God, which means I have no choice. I have no choice but to live righteous. I have no choice but to just live for God. I have no choice but to obey the Spirit of God. I'm a slave for God. I don't have my own free will. That's what it's pretty much saying. I don't have my own free will. I have, I have a life lived unto God. I'm a slave to God. No one likes that? Okay. The fruit, that get, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and at the end eternal life. For the wages of sin is death. Come on, repeat after me. The wages of sin is what? Is death. The wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. The payment for sin is death. So sin has a payday and it's called Death. We, we, as we sin, our wages become death. Sin has to be paid for. You can't turn a blind eye for it. You can't ignore it. It's not like your, um, you know, your reoccurring subscription. You can't just ignore it, think it's going to go away. It's not like the ACC bill. It's not going away. Okay, no one's laughing at that. No one's got an IRD bill. No one needs to pay taxes year. Everyone's tax-free? Okay. Good for you guys. Good for you guys. Tell me a secret. The wages of sin is death. So sin has to be paid for. Sin must be paid for. Sin is not going away. Sin has to be paid for. Sin has to be dealt with. And if you you have any understanding of the gospel, you know where I'm going tonight. Uh, But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. So we can either pay for our sin or we can receive the free gift of God, which is eternal life. Now, if I presented this argument to you today and said, what what do you want to choose? Do you want to choose death or do you want to choose eternal life? Let's do that right now. Everyone who wants eternal life, come on this side of the church. No one's moving. Okay. I'll stage dive in a second. Uh, the wages of sin or death, or you can have the free gift of God, which is eternal life. So we're here on Resurrection Sunday, and I asked my kids this morning as we're driving to church on the car, I said, why, why does it matter? Why is Resurrection Sunday? Why is the fact that Jesus rose from the dead, why does it matter? Why, why is it such an important aspect to our Christianity? Why, why does it mean for our faith that when Jesus rose again, what does that mean for us? Well, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. So when Jesus rose out of the grave, sin has been dealt with. Because death can no longer hold, because the only way death could have any authority is if sin hasn't been dealt with. All right? 1 Corinthians fifteen seventeen says, And if Christ has not been raised... Your faith is futile, or your faith is a waste of time. And you are still in your what? In your sins. If Jesus hasn't risen from the grave, sin has not been paid for. Sin has not been dealt with. Therefore, death still reigns. But because he rose out of the grave, he defeated sin and broke the power of death. That's why the Bible says, oh death, where is your sting? Okay, good news. You guys are really quiet. should be getting really excited about that. (laughs) Come on, this is good news for you. So the fact that Jesus rose again means that sin has been paid for. So it doesn't mean that sin's just been covered up slightly. It doesn't mean that that Jesus has come and done like a sweep under the rug kind of deal. A lot of us are living in that way where we think that sin is not actually dealt with. It's just been covered up. And Jesus has like put his eyes over the Father and said, don't look. Don't see this in the reality is that the Bible says that he who knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. This is more than just a theological understanding. He who knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. John the Baptist prophesied over Jesus when he's seen Him come to get baptized. He says, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Not behold the Lamb of God who just comes and covers our sin. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Sin. Sin has been dealt with. If you read the book of Hebrews, it says that He is the once and for all perfect sacrifice. There is no other sacrifice for sin. There is only one. His name is Jesus, and He done it over 2,000 years ago. That's why we're kind of excited at seven o'clock on a Sunday night, because we've been set free by the blood of the Lamb. Come on, somebody. So the blood of Jesus is still saving. The blood of Jesus is still taking people's sin and shame and past and even future sin and taking it away. The Bible says that as far as the east is from the west, so is your sin removed. What does that mean? You just keep going that way and keep going that way. It's never going to meet up. It's gone. So there's no condemnation for us that are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation for us who have said, Jesus, I repent of my sin. Would you come? Would you wash me? Because the reality is that sin needed paid for, and without Jesus, guess who's going to pay for it? Every single one of us. Because the Bible says that all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. And so no one's getting into heaven, no one's not paying for this sin because they did a couple good deeds when they were on the planet. No one's saying, hey, I attended church Sunday morning and Sunday night. And Jesus says, oh, you're in. <laughs> all the volunteers said, oh. <laughs> but the reality is that none of us are getting in that way. We're all getting in because of the free gift. That is Jesus Christ. And so you've got to understand that the, re- the resurrection of Jesus It's not just about Jesus dying. It's about Jesus being raised from the dead. And so we get fixated a lot on about Jesus dying for our sins, but there's more to it than just Jesus dying for our sins. Come on. He washed us. He made us clean. And without him, we would still be in our sin. But the fact that he rose from the dead is a public declaration to every principality and power that you have been defeated. The devil has been stomped on by the blood of the Lamb. Come on, He is our victorious King. He, he, he is not in a, in a back and forth struggle against the devil. The devil is under his feet. And you need to know that when the devil comes knocking on your life and tries to bring shame and condemnation, you best believe and you best have an understanding of the gospel that says, no, my sin has been dealt with. I gave my sin to Jesus. He took it for as far as the east is from the west, I stand today, made righteous, made clean by the blood of Jesus. And that foundation has never been shifted. It's never changing. It's never wearing out. I'll be able to proclaim that till the day that I leave this earth. My kids and their kids, my grandkids and great grandkids, will be able to stand up and proclaim the same truth that I was saved the same way as my father. I was saved the same way as my mother, by the blood of Jesus. He's still saving today. And here we are in 2023 in the crazy world, with the same answer and the same Jesus, that we know a God who's seen us in our sin and didn't say, ha, 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 try harder. The Bible says that while well, we yet sin Christ died for the ungodly, for God was so angry and frustrated with the world, He sent it. Come on, if I preach heresy, you're allowed to call out. I'm just trying to see if you're listening. For God so loved the world, He gave His only Son. So we weren't having a good day. We weren't 50% there. And then Jesus said, man, they're really trying. They're really trying. I'm going to come and do the last 50%. Nor did Jesus say, hey, I'm going to come pay the deposit, and then the rest of your life you're going to try and work this thing out and earn salvation. That's not the gospel. That's religion. All of us are getting in the same way, and His name is Jesus, and it's by grace through faith that any of us are saved. So I'm just so thankful for a Jesus who came down and died for me, died for you, amen? So I want to, I have we established the fact, is everyone on the same page that Jesus has dealt with our sin, that Him rising from the dead means sin has been dealt with, and now we get to live for Him? And so I want to look at a, a couple things that happened on the day of the resurrection, because it's not just about Jesus dying. It's not just about our sins being forgiven. There's more to the story. There's more to the story. And I, and I think as a, as, a, um, as, a, as a Western church, we, we, have, we have negated the rest of the gospel. We've done a great job at telling people how bad they are and how much they need Jesus. A hundred percent. There's nothing wrong with that. That's true. But there's more when we get washed, there's more to it. This is why we get people who like give their life to Jesus, and then they sit in a pew for the rest of their life because they're not sure what else to do. I want to help you this morning on Resurrection Sunday. There's more to it. Let's go to John 20, verse 11 to 18. This is on the day of resurrection, the day we're celebrating today. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting there with the body of Je- where the body of Jesus had lain. One at the head, one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know what, that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be a gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary, and she turned and said to him, in Ara- Ara- wow, Aramaic, Rabbinite, how was that? Thank you. Someone said bad. Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, this is this a partially deaf girl giving me feedback again? <laughs> Unbelievable. I'm going to pray for you tonight. The ears are going to open. Brooke, and you're better hear exactly what I'm saying. Uh, sad, why are we saying sad? You don't know what she said to me this morning. I said, I'm going to pray for her. How's that said? If you carry him away, tell me where you've laid him, and I'll take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary, and she turned and said to him, I'm not, re- I'm not saying it again, now I'm nervous, which means teacher. And Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father, your father to my god and your god come on jesus is saying to mary this is the day of resurrection he's just he's just he's just come back to life he's just the tomb the stones been rolled away he's he has risen and the first thing he wants to say is go and tell my brothers that i am ascending to my god your god my father your father the reality is that you have not just been forgiven And left an orphan. You have not just been forgiven and just been left to it on the earth. You have not just been redeemed and purchased for no reason. You have been reconciled to the family of God. You have been given an identity because Jesus rose from the dead. Yes, your sins are forgiven, but you have been brought into the family of God that we get to call Jesus Father, Father. Wow. We have been brought into this covenant relationship where we get to call out, Abba Father. That the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is within us, the Spirit of adoption that calls out, Abba Father. So we haven't just been forgiven and now we're just like, man, I, I'm just living as an orphan. I, I just, I don't know who I am. I don't know where I'm meant to go. I don't know who my father is. All I know is that I'm forgiven. I'm going to heaven one day and we've preached that till the cows come home. But there is more to it. You have been brought into sonship. You've been brought into daughtership. You have a father who sees you, a father who loves you, a father who wants to lead you. Come on, it's about Reconciliation. We keep we keep talking about sin and and sin is a major issue, but the reality that Jesus wanted to get through get done with sin is because sin was what? Separating us, which leads to death, but sin is separating humanity from God. And so we, we know sin is bad, but we don't realize that sin is the one thing that is stopping me being in relationship with the God who created me. And so we keep preaching, hey, be forgiven of your sin, but we don't preach, now enter into relationship. Enter into the family of God, enter into being fathered. Enter into the place of identity. My kids, I have, I have four boys and, and one daughter. And when they woke up this morning, guess what they didn't have to do? Convince me to let them be my kids. <laughs> None of them got up and said, Man, I'm going to try really hard today to be dad's son. You may laugh, but there is a big shift and change that comes in your Christianity and your walk when you get up and you know, I'm a son, I'm a daughter. Okay, today, today's going to be a good day. Today, today may be hard. Today may have some curveballs, but I already know that I'm a son. I already know that I'm a daughter. I already know that i got a father who loves me, a father who's with me. Because when Jesus rose from the dead, he forgave me my sin. He took away the sin. He took away the one thing that separated me and my dad. And now I have communion. Now I can ask him directly. Now I can talk to him. Now I can, now I can receive his grace. Now I can receive his strength to actually live the life that he's called me to do. And He loves me when I'm at church, and He loves me when I'm on my couch, and He loves me when I'm praying for the sick, and He loves me when I'm with my family, and He loves me when I'm fishing. Why? Because I'm living in sonship. I have a Father who loves me. I'm not, I'm not performing. I'm not, I'm not trying to do things to impress God, to God to love me. That's been done away with. I get to enter into a relationship every day. I get to wake up and say, man, my Father loves me. My father's with me. Come on, he said, I will not leave you orphans. Come on, I won't leave you. I won't leave you by yourself. The Bible says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He doesn't just save us to just leave us to our own devices. He gives us identity. Amen. This is the fulfillment of Jeremiah, Jeremiah 31. It says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. How many know the blood of Jesus is the new covenant? Not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. For this is a covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law where? Within them. you got to understand there's a big difference between the old covenant and the new covenant. The old was external laws, external cleansing. The new covenant is internal. He always wanted to be in us. If he was happy with us just sending a high priest once a year to go in and see him, we'd still be living out the law today. The Bible says that the law is there to tutor us unto Christ. Christ. The law is for us to say, hey, we're never going to get it externally. We need help. Enter Jesus. And Jesus says, hey, I don't want you living in the outer courts and hearing about me from other people. I want you in there with me. That's why when Jesus gave his last breath breath on the cross and said, it is finished, that that veil in the temple was torn in two. (laughs) The Spirit of God could not get out of that place fast enough. As soon as He gave His last breath, rip out. My desire, my purpose was never to be in a building. It was to be in my living, breathing temples. Come on, somebody. So He says, I will make a covenant. I'll put my law within them. I'll write it on their heart, and I will be their God. Does this not not sound like the words of Jesus? I'm going to my God your God, my father, your father, and they shall be my people, and and, and they shall no longer have to have a, a bold yelling man on stage yelling. Teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me. Come on, that's that's the heart of the gospel. Jesus came that all would know him. The Bible says in John 17:3, this is eternal life that they may. Know Him. It's not eternal life that I'll get to a destination when I die. It's eternal life that I may know life Himself. And His name is Jesus. Come on, He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So no one will have to say, hey, know the Lord, for all will know Him from the least to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity. And I'll remember their sins on Monday. Heresy, thank you. Thank you, Joel. I'll remember this sin. How, come on, how, how, how often is he going to remember it? Come on, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. All of us keep living like Jesus is just going to have a look under that rug one day. We, 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 has anyone seen the movie Wedding Crashes? Hopefully not. Don't put your hand up. We are not heaven crashers. We are, we are not uninvited guests that somehow Jesus slipped us in the back door and hopefully the Father and the Holy Spirit don't figure out why we're here or who we really are. This is this, this conception that we have that Jesus, and it's true in a sense that says when God sees me, He sees Jesus. No, He sees you washed in the blood of Jesus. He doesn't see a face mask of Jesus. And you're still the dirty, rotten old sinner that you've always been. But I've just got a new, new mask on. Done my face up. Got a wig on. Just the same old broken down car, but just brand new paint job. Please don't look under the hood. Please don't look under the hood. Come on, Jesus' work was, was more than just an external makeover, it was a complete internal transformation. That's the gospel I see. That's the gospel I'm living. Come on, I can tell you a lot of stuff about who I was and I don't want to glorify, glorify the past, but I am not the same man. Hopefully, Kelly might get up now with a microphone and say, he's, he's telling the truth. I'm not the same man as I was by the grace of God. Where did I get to? What was I preaching on? i remember their sin no more come on i don't know if anyone's excited about jesus tonight but so number one he 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 is he has risen from the grave which means hey guess what guys our sin <laughs> gone like like how do i how would i explain that today in today's terms like your facebook account got hacked and taken over and you cannot get back in <laughs> your passwords have been wiped that account is lost, all right? Deleted, never to come back again. Because we think that that Jesus just drew a line through our sins, but if you look hard enough, you can still see it. I love the Passion Translation because it just says that it's just been completely deleted, just erased. Oh, I could preach that. So much so, like, it's like it didn't happen. That's the kind of forgiveness that, I know that's hard for us as, as human beings to grasp that because when we say we've forgiven someone, what we're saying is, I still remember everything you do, did, every detail, but I'm just choosing to be a bit more civil towards you. And we think that's forgiveness. The forgiveness that God's talking about is, it's, it's gone. When I look at you, I don't think, oh yeah, man, Corey two years ago. Remember that? Holy Spirit, remember that? Yeah, he thought we forgot. Hey, Corey, remember two years ago? I'm not sure what happened two years ago. I don't know if this is a prophetic word for me. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just running with it. I'm just running with it. You see, he's not doing that. There's, there's nothing to bring up. What's there to bring up? He has wiped it away. Man, imagine if we could just start living with a, with a clear conscience and just be like, man, my past has no effect on my future. By the blood of the Lamb, he has set us free. So he's given you identity. So you're a son, you're a daughter. That's that. That we we got to preach a gospel that doesn't just tell people that they need forgiven. We have got to start preaching a gospel that says you need forgiven, and then you need to enter in to relationship and identity with God. That makes a huge difference. That's what we would call, what we would call a healthy Christian, not people who are striving, not people who are performing, not people who get to the end of life and say, "Man, I just, I just, I just did everything for." to please people, to try and please God, and I never actually live from a healthy place of just being a son and being a daughter of God. I don't want that for any single one, any, anyone in this room or anyone even watching online or anyone, really. So you have an identity. And the second thing right here in John 20, this is the same day. So this was in the, I'm not sure the exact time, but it, it says that it was, did it say what time it was? The next one's in the evening. I think that one was in the Arvo, let's say brunch. Brunch is a safe one to say. John 20, 19 to 22 says, on that evening of that day, the day of resurrection, the first day of the week, the doors be, being locked where the disciples were for the fear of, Je- Jew- of the Jews. Slow down, Corey. Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. Amazing. Locked doors, Jesus walks in. Whew. You think you're safe in your bedroom when you lock the door. You know, when Jesus said, go when you, go into your room and lock the door. You know what I'm saying? Jesus is going to walk right through that door. Surprise you and say, peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so, I'm sending you. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's sending you. Turn to another neighbor and say, he's sending you too. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. So we've been forgiven of sin. It's been dealt with. We've been given an identity. He said, Mary, I've got to go to my father, your father, my God, your God. Go tell my brothers and my sisters that I'm ascending to to our God. Come on. I've done this thing. I have finished the work. I have paid for sin. We're entering into relationship. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's all good. Let the children have parties. Come on. It's probably my cue to wrap this thing up, to be fair. Did you tell him to talk, Kelly? Did you, was that you? <laughs> There's your time, Corey. <laughs> There's your time. So we've been given identity, but right here, Jesus is saying, as I was sent, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. This is crazy. This is on the day that he rose from the dead. He's saying, hey, I want you to know that you're a son, you're a daughter. And I also want you to know that as I was sent, I'm sending you. I'm sending you. I'm sending you, because we have not just been forgiven to be put on a shelf. We have not just been forgiven for us to say, yeah, 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 my sins are forgiven and carry on with our lives. We have been purchased. The Bible says that we have been, don't you know that you have been purchased with a price? That your life is not your own. Your life is not your own. When we say, when we put faith in the crucifixion of Jesus, the burial of Jesus, and the resurrection of Jesus, what we are really saying is, Jesus, I am co-crucified with you. I die. Bible says if you want to save your life, lose your life. He tells us to take up our cross daily. So I will die to who I am. I will die to the fact that I've been living for myself. I give you my life. I am no longer Bible says, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. That's, that's better than a slogan on the back of your car. I've given my life. I give you my life, Jesus. I go through the waters of baptism. The old me is buried. The power of sin, the enemy is washed off my life. It's a sign of the Israelites going through the Red Sea, and, and, and the oppressors, the, the, the ones that have put them in bondage and slavery, are, are drowned and washed away. And then I come up as a new creation, resurrected, just as Jesus was risen from the dead so that we would rise in new life. So now I have an identity, but I also have a mission I also have purpose on the earth. As, as Jesus was sent, how was Jesus sent? As a son revealing the Father. That's cool because he just told you that he's ascending to his Father and your Father. So we are being sent out into the world as sons and daughters. Full of the power of the Holy Spirit. Sprinkled and washed clean by the blood of Jesus with a clear conscience, not thinking about my past, but thinking, how can I live for God in my future? How, how, do I, how do I give Jesus the honor and praise that's worth what he paid for? There's an amazing saying that says that we, we should live in a way where the, where the lamb receives the reward of his suffering. That Jesus would get what he paid for, and if you're trying to figure out what did he pay for, he paid for you. Pay for me, pay for every single one of us in this room. The Bible says that if one died, all died. His blood has purchased all of humanity. And so we don't just get forgiven just to just to carry out our days and try and have a cool job and try and get mortgage free. Try and get the career we wanted. Try and get over a 1,000 followers. Try to get through life without any any kind of storm or turbulence. Try and get a property off-grid so we can grow our own chickens. (laughs) Solve the egg crisis. (laughs) That's probably a God dream. That needs a miracle. What I'm telling you, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those things, but I'm saying we have, been, we have been brought with a price for a bigger purpose than just saying, hey, I'm forgiven, I'm going to heaven, come on, I, I, I want to have the kind of faith that doesn't just get me to heaven, but gets heaven in me. Why? Because I'm meant to go everywhere and release the kingdom of God. I'm meant to bring heaven to earth wherever I go. Come on, everything I do, every, every time I forgive someone, every time I pray for the sick, every time I lift my hands and worship, every time I, I love my family well, every time I love my wife well, it's an offering unto the Lamb that you are worthy, Jesus. You are worthy of everything I have. You're worthy of my life. You're worthy of my family. You're worthy of my kids. Come on. You're worthy of my workplace. You're worthy of the person that I stop and pray for in the, in the, in the car park. You're worthy. Of everything I give. You're worthy of me giving someone a cup of water or a meal or chopping some firewood. Come on. You're worthy of me giving my time to to teach kids about Jesus. we've, We've lost the fact that everything we do from now on is an offering unto the Lord. When we understand that we've been given an identity and we've been given purpose by the resurrection of Jesus... Now all of a sudden there's a purpose to my life. I'm not trying to just fill out my days. I'm not waiting for something amazing to just happen in my life and change everything. I'm not waiting for Lotto. I'm not waiting for crypto. Come on, I'm not waiting to see what the economic climate is going to do. I already have a purpose, I already have an identity, I already have a father who loves me. I already have a world that needs saved. I already have a, 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 a king, a, 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 a shepherd king, who gave his life for every single person that I'm gonna come across. And I have to make the daily decision, do I live for me or do I live for Jesus? Come on, I know you didn't come tonight to get all revved up on a Sunday night, you thought it was gonna be just a nice, hey, it's Easter. I'm sending you out here on mission. You're going to leave on Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, knowing I am a son. I'm a daughter of the Most High God. Come on, the blood of Jesus, He forgave me, washed me clean, He brought me into the family. I'm not losing that position based on my performance. I'm in there by faith. And there is a whole world that needs to know The Jesus that I'm preaching tonight, the Jesus that you know, the Jesus that you love. There's a whole world who don't know Him yet. So it brings me to 2 Corinthians 5, my favorite passage of Scripture, that it is the love of Christ that compels us, that if one died, all died, and we can't help but preach the gospel. I love how Paul says that it'll be agony for me not to share the gospel. Man, if we could get to that place where it burns within us, that it's agony to us if we don't actually just say, hey, Jesus loves you. He died for you. We can't make people choose, but we can present Jesus. Every person still has free will, but we can present the Lamb of God. I'm trying not to get emotional because every time I think about preaching, I just have a picture of me at the foot of the cross and Jesus is hanging there. And I know he did it for me. And I know he did it for everyone else. And I, I, want, to, I want to preach and plead in a way that it happened today. I want the gospel to be so real to me that I preach it in a way that Jesus was crucified today. Today. Because that's the reality. The blood of Jesus is still preaching that he died for us. And so we've got to understand that we've been given a mission in life. You've got to understand that you weren't just redeemed, you were reconciled. And you weren't just reconciled just to sit on the Father's shelf. You say, well, Corey, I'm not the preacher, I'm not the pastor. I've never preached a sermon. You're preaching every single day things you post, the things you share, the conversations you have. You are preaching a sermon every day, whether you know it or not. My question to you is, are people hearing the gospel? Are they hearing about the spotless lamb who made a way for them? Come on, are they hearing about the grace of God? Are they hearing that for God so loved the world, He gave His only Son? Every single one of us. I'm not saying that you have to stand up on... On a, on, a, on, a, on a soapbox, I'm not saying you've got to stand up in the middle of McDonald's or on a plane and yell out and say, does anyone know Jesus? But if that's what God wants you to do, by all means, you do it. But it's the cakes you're baking. It's the neighbors you're visiting. It's the phone calls you're making. This is all preaching the gospel, friend. This is all preaching the gospel. It's you saying, hey, can I pray for you? Hey, how you doing? Well, actually, life sucks right now. Oh, can I pray for you? I know a God who loves you and cares for you. How can He love and care for me? I'm not even a Christian. Well, let me tell you about a God who died while we were yet ungodly. Come on, let me tell you about a God that while we were yet sinners, He died for the ungodly. Let me tell you about a God who loved me before I came to church. (laughs) Let me tell you about a God who loved me in the midst of my sin. Do you think He only started listening to me and moving and blessing me because My behavior got better. On the contrary, my behavior got better when I started realizing that he loved me. He's not into behavior modification. He's into identity transformation, which I won't bring up again tonight, but there is a huge attack on identity. Because you'll never live and act outside of who you actually believe you are. Say that again, Corey. You will never live and be anything outside of the identity that you believe that you are. This is why I have such a mm, rabbit hole. Uh, should I? No. To receive the forgiveness of sins that Jesus paid for and still walk around calling yourself a dirty, rotten sinner is a slap in the face of God. Why would you identify with something that He destroyed on the cross? (laughs) What you're really saying is, Jesus, you didn't actually do anything. I'm still the same person. And if I believe that I'm a dirty, rotten sinner, guess what my life's going to look like—a dirty, rotten sinner. If I believe by the blood of the Lamb I've been made righteous, I actually believe that I've been made a son, and that the DNA of my father flows within me. That my forerunner is Jesus Christ Himself. That He is the firstborn among many brethren. What does that mean? He's the firstborn, eldest. He is the way. So my life is not meant to be looking like a dirty, rotten sinner. My life is meant to be looking more and more like Jesus. But if I don't have a shift in my identity, if I don't understand, no, actually, I'm not a dirty, rotten sinner anymore. I'm a child of God. When I actually believe that, guess what's going to start shifting in my life? My behavior, my actions, my fruit. Come on, I, I don't know if everyone agrees with me in the room, but that's okay because I can see it so clearly in the gospel. You are not bringing any glory to God if you continue to live in sin and say, This is my lot in life. We bring glory to the Lord when we have faith in Him and live above sin. <laughs> not walking around saying, Oh, yeah, I'm just, a, I'm just a sinner. I'm just a dirty, rotten sinner. Well, I'm pretty sure something was meant to happen when you died and gave your life to Jesus and got baptized. Okay. I'll let you sit with that one. Take that home, pray about that one. Come tell me what he says to you. So, team, where are you? Come on, I've gone too long. My wife's not even here anymore. That's how bad it's got. (laughs) She is out of here. 10 to eight, come on. Let's go. Once I start playing, I'll do my second run through. Come on, why don't we stand tonight? If we we stand, I'll finish quicker. Man, everyone got up real fast. (laughs) It's time for the church to start living in a way where Jesus gets what He paid for and He paid for you, purchased you wholeheartedly. And so tonight, I want every person to leave this place knowing, hey, my past, my sin was forgiven. Not only that, but I've become a child of God. Not only that, I'm about my father's business. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You say, well, Corey, why is this important? I I want you to understand that you have heard gospel preached to you tonight if you ask anyone in the world the two biggest questions they have is who am i and why am i here i just gave you both those answers and the answer was one word jesus